Welcome to the StockFam Investor Education Podcast. Whether you're a seasoned investor or one of the millions of people entering the market for the first time, StockFam provides the fundamentals to help you grow your wealth. This is a podcast for investors. We give quality companies the chance to tell their stories while providing you with the tools to invest wisely. If you want to get out in front of the herd instead of being a part of it, join us at StockFam. In this episode of the StockFam Podcast, Sean and Hammy welcome CEO of GiveX, Don Gray. Don rewinds us back in time to look at the 20-plus year history of GiveX and explains the evolution of their business over time. Don explains what sets them apart in the industry by going into detail about the key services they provide to their clients, especially in regards to their all-encompassing solutions platform and its integration capabilities in reference to their gift certificate programs, loyalty programs, point of sale system, and their venue management services including ticketing and fan engagement. As a result of these services and the data they collect, Don explains the additional value offered to their clients by their ability to develop and distribute data analytic reports in order to drive business efficiency. A key milestone was achieved in December 2021 for GiveX when they recently became a publicly traded company. However, they are not stopping there, as Don reinforces their value proposition via their continued growth through acquisitions and expansion of their client base through their various verticals. We hope you enjoy learning more about this exciting company, and without further delay, we welcome GiveX. I started the company with my wife in 1999 as a very simple little online gift certificate uh, website where we looked after merchants in the Toronto area, helping them sell gift certificates. Uh, back in those days, they had to redeem those certificates using a touchtone phone. I hate to date myself that much, but that's, uh, that's how long ago it was. Uh, but we quickly evolved into using plastic cards uh, and uh, started uh, picking up some good size uh, merchants uh, in, in the Toronto area, Canada, and in the United States. We expanded quickly into the U.S. and then we, uh, about uh, three years in, we uh, moved into the U.K. and then we uh, added an office into Australia and then we moved into uh, Asia with an office in Hong Kong. So we've actually, over the years, expanded the company from just a couple of people to 270 plus people now. And uh, we have clients in well over 70 countries and about uh, well over 100,000 merchant locations that are operating in these 70 countries. Uh, our business is primarily, when we started, was uh, gift certificates and uh, loyalty programs, which we call our in customer engagement platform. And about 10 years ago, uh, we realized that we needed to start uh, branching out from, from doing uh, just gift certificates uh, and gift cards. We had uh, a lot of clients on our platform. Uh, we were integrated with virtually all of the point-of-sale systems in all of our major markets. So we... We were seeing a lot of the problems our clients were having with their legacy-based point-of-sale systems. So we said, well, let's, you know, let, with tablet technology being introduced, uh, we decided to figure out a way to add a point-of-sale system and point-of-sale technology to our platform. So it would be on the same platform as our gift cards and our loyalty programs so that customers only had one place to go to manage both uh, functionality, both functionalities. And then about uh, two years ago, that, I mean, that started to do quite well. We, it took us you know, probably six years of grinding away with our clients and with, uh, with our customers uh, to build out the technology with the POS, make sure that it was full-throated, it could handle uh, both QSR, fine dining, 
Uh, we wanted to make sure that it had QS, you know, it had uh, you know kitchen display systems. We could handle payments uh, in multiple uh, locations, and it's very enterprise friendly. So we did, we started that, and then about two years ago, the business, the point of sale started. The business started to take off quite nicely. Uh, where we started signing you know, 200 location uh, QSR chains. Uh, now we've just signed a recent one for 650 locations in multiple countries. And we're getting bids and the opportunity to now bid on large 500 to 1,000 location systems that uh, we believe now that people see that GiveX is you know, just not a gift card program anymore, uh, that, uh, that we also have the ability to, uh, to handle uh, POS in a very robust fashion. And then uh, to, you know, to add to our POS system, we looked at doing a, a, a payment facilitation, uh, you know, PayFac uh, a couple of years ago. Uh, we started working at, with Agin on our Merchant of Record program, which allows us to help our clients um, manage their online gift certificate programs, where we take on the on the risk as the uh, as the Merchant of Record. Uh, it helps reduce their fraud risk and helps them manage these online programs, which they're they're good, but they're not necessarily a big part of their gift certificate program. So that you know, we help take that management off them for a fee. And we're using payment, you know, we're using Agin as our partner for that. And then uh, we just launched about, uh, actually, just last month, our uh, payment facilitation program, where we fully integrated with uh, Agin uh, to be able to handle uh, payment uh, at the POS device. So using uh, one of their terminals, and it's fully integrated. We're quite confident that we're one of the first people to do this with Agin because we were helping them debug this program. Mm -hmm. And it, it, so it's uh, definitely uh, <laughs> first for us. And uh, there are. They're a good partner, and we're looking forward to actually adding uh, payments and payment facilitation to our portfolio. So that's kind of our growth. We now basically feel we have you know three parts to our business, which is our customer engagement programs, our POS systems with all the functionality that comes along with the POS system, as well as uh, our payment facilitation. We'll see things now are basically the fundamentals that GiveX is operating under. And the best part about it is that GiveX does all of this on the same platform. Right. Everything is managed through the same or a uh, uh, portal, uh, we can board all of our merchants uh, using our admin program. And then all of our analytics that we've built, we built an analytics engine for our customers that all runs on that same platform as well. So now we can tie all this information together into a very robust analytics package, which we provide to our clients free. So you know they can actually get analytics from us, which they could be paying you know hundreds of dollars per location for some of these other analytics programs that are out there. So we think that the value proposition for our clients is very strong, and this is one reason why we're we're seeing our opportunities to uh, bid and get some of these larger RFP wins. Awesome. Yeah, I think the integration is is a key point for me. What do you think is your competitive advantage? Uh, in terms of some of the other competitors in the in the point of sale and, and loyalty uh, areas? Well, GiveX started as a gift card company, so we had to work very hard to make sure we had integrations with everybody. So we actually understand and know how to do integration. So even though we have our own platform, we also integrate with uh, everybody or anybody that wants to integrate with us because we want to give our clients the, the best of breed. We want to be able to provide them the functionality and the flexibility they need in order to be able to use, uh, you know, if they're already a gift card client with somebody else and they want to use our POS system, we want to be able to say yes and help them do that. So these integrations and our ability to integrate has been a very strong part of uh, the GiveX story and will continue to be well into the future. Brilliant. Thank you so much, Don. Really appreciate it. Um, I just wanted to ask you about um, digitization. And um, of course, um, you are very present in the physical stores or physical um, medium-sized enterprises. 
I wanted to ask you about the impacts of COVID. And um, we know most of the successful companies have had to adopt digitization and how GiveX is going to provide that capability of digitization for these companies to thrive and survive post-COVID. Well, GiveX has a full uh, digitized uh, program. We, we provide online ordering services for our clients now, right out of the box. Uh, we have any, any of our customers that uh, have plastic card programs, if they want to use digital card programs or digital loyalty programs, we can, we can add that functionality very quickly and very easily. Uh, so it's basically on a channel. The client is able to use either both, uh, you know, hard, you know, plastic or digital plastic. Same with loyalty programs, uh, using your phone, using your phone to order. Uh, we have the ability to, you know, if you go to a restaurant, I mean, a good example of how we're doing this is, you, you know, with Second Cup, which is one of our clients in Canada, you know, they use their, you can use your phone to order your coffee before you even get to the restaurant. Uh, you can pick it up. Uh, you can use your phone to pay for the order. You can use your phone to, uh, yeah, to earn points, burn points. So all of the functionality that you you know want on your phone, you know, basically you can do. We're we're working with a stadium now, where you can uh, actually uh, use your phone, uh, you know, tap uh, a QR code on the seat in front of you, and you can actually order to your seat. Uh, so there's lots of functionality that we're we're capable of doing because of uh, because of our platform where we integrate all these things together. So uh, digitization is uh, is important. I think what I our my view is that uh, people now that uh, COVID is supposedly over <laughs> and people are starting to go out and about more is we're seeing a lot more people going out that, you know, they don't want to be necessarily in. So while digitization can now be, you know, is, is helping to for payments because you want to have it on your wall, you don't have to touch anything. You can you can pay automatically with your phone. It's still, uh, you know, people are, are going out. So, you know, we're seeing a I our clients are seeing a drop in the amount of online ordering that's going on. People are definitely going, starting to go out more. So I think it's a, it's necessary to have both. And uh, I think uh, for convenience, people will continue to use online ordering. They'll continue to use these services as well in the future. Even without COVID, I still think it's, it's convenient. But at the same time, uh, I don't think it's going to replace, uh, you know, uh, in-seat dining or at restaurant dining or going out and enjoying yourself uh, in an evening. Uh, you know, or even retail shopping. People want to go. We, we do retailers as well. So people going to a retail store to actually shop. You know, look at the clothes, touch them, all that sort of stuff. Before it's pretty hard to buy all this stuff online all the time. Yeah. Well, I think. You don't mind. You know, sorry, Sean. Just real quick. The, in yeah, terms sure. of omni-channel, uh, you know, omni-channel is a pretty popular topic. Um, right. Tapping into, you know, loyalty, uh, retail engagement, tapping into con consumers. Uh, gaining that, utilizing that analytics and data to kind of bridge that gap between the retail level and the e-commerce level. Um, can you kind of talk about the sector in a whole? Because I think the pandemic's really kind of pushed a lot of this forward to where omni-channel and the focus on that and the utilization of point of sale, loyalty, branding it is starting to become a really popular topic. You see some really big companies out there focused on loyalty and branding in, in that regard. So how how is kind of GiveX playing into into this new kind of uh, venture into you know understanding analytics and data and on the retail side of things through through all this technology. Well, GiveX is we've been in the omni-channel business for years. I mean, basically mm -hmm. we started in the cloud. Uh, everything was in the cloud to start with. So we wanted to make sure that everything we provided to our customers could be managed from the same location. So to me, omni-channel is being being able to say that every channel that we've got, whether it's at store, uh, online, uh, delivery. Uh, 
whatever it would, happens to be, could all be managed from the same location, the same same background and the same platform. So it's very important to us, since our clients are all looking for it, not everybody is able or capable of, of dealing with it. So the simpler we can make it and the, and the, the more uh, uh, you know, integrated it is, so they don't have to be working with different suppliers, the, the better it's going to be. The, one of the advantages that GiveX has is that you are, well, it's just one supplier. So one person that you have to deal with when you're trying to make all this omni-channel work. You're not trying to work with five or six different suppliers. Somebody is doing your app. Somebody else is doing your online ordering. Somebody else is doing your inventory control. Somebody else is doing, and then these things all have to work together. And if they don't work together properly, uh, it can be a problem because now everybody's pointing their fingers at everybody else to say it's your problem, it's their problem, and, and it, you know, just get, the customer gets caught in the middle and it can be very frustrating. With GiveX, at least if it's frustrating, if there's something that's not working, they only have one person to choke and we're it, and we'll be there to look after them. And our reputation uh, is that we keep our promises no matter what. GiveX works very hard to make sure that we keep our promises to our clients. So we don't make promises we can't keep. Obviously, sometimes we have a problem. You know, it, it, it's not always possible, but we work our, we work very hard to make sure that we do keep those promises. And that's why we've got a great reputation and why our clients have been with us for many, many years. We have customers been with 15, 18 years. Some of the customers that we sold back in the early 2020s, actually it's the 2000s, not 20, early 2000s, are still clients today and expect to be clients for many years into the future. Excellent. Brilliant. Um, thank you, Don. So um, in this era, as we evolve out of COVID and going um, post-COVID, uh, the focus has been on creating ecosystem, ecosystems for our businesses and retaining customers, one of which, one of the ways through which um, companies are doing that is creating that um, marketing and uh, providing that targeted promotional, um, right. um, you know, um, what do you call it, uh, promotional stuff for, for customers. One example, right. one company that really survived and thrived during the um, COVID uh, was Starbucks. They provided this individual targeted promotions through the app. Is that something you'll be doing for these companies, for these smaller companies or this chain of um, um, stores and brands? We do, we do this now. We've been doing it for, for a while for our clients. So yes, we have our loyalty program really started as a program where we could target our customers. And the problem was many years ago when we started this, we couldn't get the detail we needed from the POS companies. Mm -hmm. Really a good, a, good, uh, a good loyalty program absolutely depends on a fully integrated, well-functioning point of sale system. And a lot of legacy systems just don't have that ability to integrate or provide the data without it being a, a file transfer or something that that is not it's not real time uh, and so you you're not you know you can't buy something now and then 10 minutes later see you've got your points uh, things like that so we've we've uh, we've been doing this uh, for you know since we since we started our uh, this program and right now we use our analytics to help our clients decide you know who's a, where the customer is what they're buying who they're buying from you know what store they're buying it from so we can target uh, by postal zone or zip code. We can target uh, by uh, uh, age. We can target by gender if customers provide that information. A lot of information too. Customers want to stay anonymous, right? So you have to be able to, uh, you know, come up with creative ideas on how to be able to do these marketing programs, uh, you know, which we have done. And we work on experience programs. Uh, they're not just necessarily points. You can earn points. You convert to dollars. You can, uh, or you can earn product, or you can, uh, or you get an experience where you know you get a trip somewhere. So we, we've actually built uh, a lot of this functionality into the way our uh, loyalty program works. 
uh, and that loyalty program really is the, is the anchor for any of our uh, you know any of these programs that our customers want to do in marketing. They need to have a loyalty program. You need to have a pretty good POS system to be able to gather all the data, and you need an analytics program to be able to you know figure out what to send to who. So we do all that. We have that. We've been doing this for a number of years. Obviously, uh, during uh, the pandemic, clients were were working harder to try and uh, target their customers, particularly with online ordering. We we helped our, a lot of our clients. We were not doing online ordering. We gave the product away for the first uh, year, really, to help encourage clients to get online and start uh, trying it out. A lot of medium, uh, you know, small to medium-sized merchants, even some of the larger merchants, just didn't have the ability uh, to to handle online ordering right out of the gate. But we were able to do that for them quickly. So you do provide live data analysis that would enable yeah. them to have this targeted promotional market campaign, marketing campaigns. Absolutely. Okay. We we built our own analytics program. Uh, almost started three years ago. I, we went around and looked at all the different uh, systems out there, and yeah, there's a lot of great systems, a lot of good analytics engines out there. But we, but they're all expensive and costly for small and medium-sized merchants, or even some you know larger customers that don't have uh, internal IT staffs of any sort. You know, these systems can be complex to run and operate and manage. So we've tried to keep ours very simple and easy to look after, and then we have a team here that'll answer the questions if they need it. So that they can really make good use of this program to be able to, uh, uh, you know, get the data they need. To, if I may follow up, Amy, do you have Don? Do you have any hard evidence um, speaking to your clients, as in how much you've tried to help them increase revenue or retain customers? Is there any hard evidence in terms of how much you've helped them in terms of economic metrics? Well, I mean, the only way we get that hard evidence is that we're able to talk to a specific client, ask them specific questions. Okay, now. You know, what were you doing prior and what you're doing after? How much of it was depending on us? How much? So I would say no. We don't have any hard evidence that we could sit down and point to. Uh, anecdotal evidence we have that uh, you know certainly clients uh, that were able to survive that I don't think would have survived if they hadn't had the ability to you know, do some of these things. Uh, you know, kind of step up quickly to uh, get a uh, you know, an analytics program or a program going where they could target customers and you know encourage them to come in, even just encourage them to help us. You know, we were having a tough time. You know, please come in and buy our stuff or come online and you know, try to get. But but some customers didn't have their, you know, didn't have a good uh, program to begin with, so they didn't know who their customers were. So trying to figure out who your customers are during a pandemic is not that easy. For clients who actually had information already, we were able to help them, you know, uh, you know, target their client base a little easier than they would have, uh, you know, without using our tool. Well, I think that's where the value comes in with all with this integrated system is you know with e-commerce, you know the the uh, retailer knows who your who's the, who their customers are, but you know in, in the physical side of things, you don't really know who your customer is. So you know you're kind of with this integrated system bridging that kind of gap with with data and analytics, right? So it's a very right. important thing. And even with fan fan engagement, um, you know your Uptick's platform uh, for mobile ticketing and and engagement, like you had said, like you can just order from your seat and it's delivered right there. I think that you know, sports teams and, and leagues are looking for ways to tap into that and tap into fan engagement and really drive revenues in, in other ways because there was so much lost uh, in that pandemic year. Um, but they've also found you know that you know these are really good ways to engage with fans and keep them keep them engaged. So can you talk a little bit about upticks and you know maybe some of the partners you're working with and kind of where where you see that kind of headed. Well, obviously, uh, during the pandemic, certainly 2020, Upticks was basically stopped. I mean, we yeah. Upticks is our value-added ticketing program that we, Major League Baseball was our first uh, was our first partner there. We do almost all of the Major League Baseball teams. We do NBA teams. We do NFL teams. 
Uh, we have some uh, NHL teams now. So our, our objective is to continue to work with all the major league uh, teams uh, in, in the different continue to grow with them and to work with their with their venues because the venues are the ones that are the ones that have to help because we have to do you know integrations with them to be able to uh, and, and with the ticketing companies to be able to handle the ticket to be able to load the ticket we keep track of all the data on and off the ticket but they still have to you know they still have to be able to read that ticket at the point of sale system so working with the venues to make sure that they can read the ticket and that sort of stuff we've we've done all that all these integrations which we're very good at uh, to make that make that happen so it's definitely uh you know obviously nothing happened a little bit has happened in 2021 and we're very excited about what's going to happen in 2022 everybody's ramping these programs up again uh they're really looking for ways to as you said to uh, you know to you know, really get into fan engagement you know hitting a baseball into a certain section in the thing you can you know in, a, in the stadium you know home run you get everybody in that section gets uh, five dollars onto a ticket so they can go buy a hot dog you know, that sort of thing so we're these are the things we can do or you can go use it in the concession stand by uh, uh you know buy a hat <laughs> whatever yeah. it's a it's it's a it's a cool program and our clients uh, are liking it and there's and, and we're doing we're working with them to figure out ways to get more creative on how to use some of their some of the apps that they've already got uh, using our our apps to be able to do some of these, you know, these ideas where you can, you know, get, uh, you know, uh, get orders to your seat, things like that. Whether or not that takes off is another question. You know, it's, uh, it's still you can, you can just imagine some of the, you know, some of the challenges about making sure you mm -hmm. deliver somebody's hot dog to the right seat in a stadium. I can, I can see it being, uh, you know, the challenge. But there's people wanting to try it, and we certainly have the technology to help them do it. Yeah, I mean, anything to do, you know, that can kind of create more efficiency within the stadium, I think, is, is key. So, I mean, I'm sure there's lots of different options there. Um, yeah. and, you know, I go to a lot of sporting events and, you know, standing in line for, you know, the entire intermission trying to get a, a drink or a hot dog is not ideal. So, um, yeah. I think, you know, it is a pretty big focus of, of these venues to try and figure figure that out. And even standing in line for tickets and, and whatnot is is a pretty, uh, you know, hot topic so that's yeah. that's that's awesome i'm really looking forward to more updates on on upticks here in, in 2022 yeah, um, one just of our, one of our one of our clients is a stadium that we've been mm -hmm. able to do some pretty innovative work with where they uh you know they put our pos system into the stadium and so the you know so we've got like a 200 units in, in there and uh, but what they've done is they're doing pop-ups so that example you know to exact you know to handle the uh, the problem that you're just talking about with your long lineups, if you can actually pop up different spots around the around the, the venue or the stadium to be able to, you know, serve overflow or to be able to have people walk up and take the order for you, you know, right at, using a, a handheld device so that everything is all looked after by the time you actually get to the to where you pick up your hot dog or whatever, it's much faster. So these are ideas that I think are, are we're going to see more of uh, as as, uh, as we roll out of the pandemic. Awesome. Brilliant. Don, thank you so much for your thorough presentation. I also wanted to ask you, you've been running first, tremendous congratulations to you and the entire team for running a successful business for the last 20 odd years. It's thank not you. easily done. It's very difficult to do that. So congratulations. Um, why decide to go public? And you've raised a substantial amount of money and there's been a substantial amount of interest. And what are you trying to do with that money to pivot and grow the company even more? at an accelerated pace in the future? Well, we've, uh, you know, we've been successfully uh, been a profitable company for years because we're very, pretty conservative in, in, in our approach. Uh, and 
you know, we've kind of grown everything, uh, you know, we're using a very small amount of capital to begin with. But we realized that, uh, you know, we wanted to grow the company faster. We needed more capital and we needed uh, to add to our strategy uh, rather than just kind of do, uh, you know, organic growth all the time. So uh, about four years ago, five years ago, I started looking at doing acquisitions. I did a couple to make a template to try and figure out a way to do it uh, that uh, would allow me to do these acquisitions and still stay profitable. So I'm not kind of... Uh, Know, hurting the business by making an acquisition that doesn't fit, doesn't work, or you can't really uh, get the team. Uh, you, you know, the team doesn't really meld into the into our team. So we need to be able to figure that out, which we did, and we we've done. So the, our our target going forward now is to increase the number of acquisitions. I do make them a little larger. But still, still, the focus is going to be on buying companies that are profitable, that are owner operated, and we keep the team. We're not interested in tossing the team or doing all kind of consolidation where we're getting rid of people. We need people. That's the hard thing these days to find good people. So if we, uh, with these acquisitions, we make, we buy the people and we buy the client locations as part of the, part of the deal. And uh, we will pay for these acquisitions with a combination of cash, which we've raised, stock, which we've now got, and some vendor take back to keep them interested for at least two or three years. So we, we've, um, that's, that's the plan. And, and we, we hope to do a number of acquisitions. I have to be careful how much I what I say here. But a number of acquisitions uh, very quickly, uh, and uh, we'll see some growth as a result of uh, these acquisitions uh, of the top line. And uh, I, my job is to make sure that when we grow that top line, that we're not hurting our bottom line. You know, it may take hits here and there because uh, you know the cost of doing these acquisitions. But in the long run, over over time, uh, these become these are will stay company will stay profitable, and that's our objective. So you have sustained thirty percent plus um, growth year over year, especially on your latest um, quarterly earning results. Are you trying to push that up to close to fifty percent? Maybe I'm not asking for a formal guidance, but it seems like you're trying to go for um, you know very aggressive growth over the next year. <laughs> we are. Uh, I, I don't want to give you a percentage or do anything like that. I mean, obviously, we, we had a good uh, third quarter, and we're hoping to continue that trend uh, for the rest of the year and into next year. But I, I, you know, I'd be very cautious about making any uh, any predictions. But uh, but that's but I we will continue to uh, uh, to build on these acquisitions, and that sh we should see some some uh, some nice growth as a result of that. Brilliant. That was a diplomatic answer. That is uh, you did say it. <laughs> That's good. That's what we want. No, it's the optimistic. Yeah, conservative is good. Uh, you know, overpromising is never uh, in the capital market side of things. Never a good thing. So appreciate you know being very conservative and you know having this discussion with us today. I'm going to give you the last words for investors. I mean, GiveX is new to the capital markets, new to the public markets. Um, so you know. Let's give you a chance to kind of talk to investors about why you think you know investing in GiveX at this point in time it would be uh, beneficial for for share, for new shareholders and even existing shareholders. Well, certainly, I mean, uh, I have investors that invested with me many many years ago that have all done very well. Uh, GiveX is definitely a buy and hold opportunity. It's not the an opportunity you know where you know quick in and out. Uh, if, if if an investor is interested in that and looking for Quick, uh, uh, quick gains. I, I don't think we're the company for that. But uh, for uh, if you're looking for a, you know a reasonable hold period and uh, you know sticking with us, 
I think you'll find that uh, you know we, we look after and care about our investors, and we care about making sure that the company is uh, stays profitable and continues to grow, and is not making any silly mistakes that it's going to hurt us. Uh, you know, I'm a big investor. I'm a big shareholder in this company too. Uh, the last thing I want to do is uh, damage my own uh, you know equity. And I want it to grow, and uh, you know we're not going to be selling any of our own personal equity for many, many years. Uh, we're we're in there to hold and to continue to grow the company. And I look forward to having investors join us for this. I believe it's uh, you know that we will be able to uh, you know uh, reward their trust over time. Excellent. Well, thank you, Don. Really appreciate you coming on. Congratulations on going public and, you know, the last 20 years of success and looking thank forward you. to seeing the next uh, bunch of years uh, now that you're uh, raising yeah, some money. Let's got another 20 before we have another <laughs> yeah, no, I'm sure I'm sure we'll be back very soon to talk about some, some of those developments that you've uh, kind of alluded right. to. So thank you very right. much. It was a pleasure speaking with you and we'll have you again uh, very right. soon. We hope you enjoyed this interview. To hear more interviews as well as our other investor education content, please subscribe to the podcast and visit our website at stockfamgroup.com where you will gain full access to all of our free educational platforms. Also, to view the video versions of much of our content, follow us on YouTube at StockFamTV.